and welcome to the Tricky Takes podcast. I am your host, Connor. Uh, with me, as always, are Austin. What up? And Billy. What's up, guys? So we just had our uh, divisional round of the playoffs going for, well, three really good games and then a blowout, but uh, a good weekend of football, uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, I think we should go ahead and get right into it and talk about that first game of the weekend, which was the uh, Chiefs and Jacks. So uh, I think probably the biggest storyline coming out of that was uh, Patrick Mahomes getting hurt and uh, wondering how serious that was in the Chiefs win. What do y'all think? Man, that was a scary injury. Um, like when I saw him get his ankle rolled up on like like he, it was, I was thinking he was going to be out for the game. Um, high ankle sprains are absolutely no joke. Um, you know, there's obviously different like grades within, you know, a high ankle sprain. Um, and you didn't know that that's what it was immediately. But uh, when you saw how he was hurting, that was definitely the first suspicion. And him coming back out of there, he uh, he might have got a little bit, bit of that vitamin T back in the locker room, if you know what I mean. The Henny God seems to have have it in him still. Chad Henny can can sure play quarterback. Uh, for that Chiefs team, I think, I think Andy Reid could coach anyone to play quarterback. Um, that that offense he has out there just is is so dynamic. Um, I really think that that Chad Henney could get it done with them, but going up against the Bengals, um, it'll be tough without without Patty. I expect Pat to play most of the game, but I I wouldn't be surprised if we see um, a few packages for Chad. Yeah, when I saw him get rolled up, um, just the way he was limping after uh, after taking that shot, and then uh, when he was trying to drop back and drive off that back foot, you could tell it was obviously obviously bothering him. So, uh, good thing is, you know, there's no uh, no serious damage. It is a high ankle sprain, but uh, you know, I think. Pat Mahomes is going to do everything he can to get out there uh, this weekend and take down the Bengals who have had his number. I mean, I think that's another personal thing about it. You know, these this Bengals team has had his number. Now there's all this talk about, you know, has Joe Burrow and the Chiefs passed up Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, or Joe Burrow and the Bengals passed up the Chiefs. And I don't think Pat Mahomes uh, likes that talk very much. I don't think he's going to take too fairly to that, so – I expect him to do everything he can to be ready. But, you know, a veteran coach like Andy Reid is going to have contingency plans in place. Um, Chad Henney obviously shows that he's still a capable quarterback. We've seen him come in the playoffs the last two or three years now in, in tight spots. You know, when, the one year against the Browns, uh, Mahomes got the concussion. Henney came in, sealed the game. And then this week, you know, uh, he didn't do anything special. On the drive, he he led the 98-yard drive in the second quarter. But he did what he had to do. You know, he took him 98 yards, and a big part of that also was Isaiah Pacheco, uh, who had a lot of rushing yards that, that drive. But still, I mean, I think Chad Henney's very capable. So I, I know Andy Reid's going to have some stuff up his sleeve this week. And um, look out for Kadarius Tony as well. He can throw the ball about 60, 70 yards. Uh, he, um, watching him in college, you know, he had several plays where he threw the ball out of the backfield and, uh, he had several touchdown passes in college as well. 
So he's a guy that can throw it too. So I'm sure they'll probably work him in on some trick plays and have him slinging it as well. But I think Pat Mahomes, he's going to be doing everything he can this week. I don't really think he even really needs to practice, you know, just focus on healing up and, uh, you know, get ready for this AFC championship game. Yeah, I was going to mention the Kadarius Tony playing quarterback, but I figured you wanted to do that, Bill. So I'll let you have that one. But there's also another former quarterback on that roster. Uh, Travis Kelsey also played quarterback in high school. So um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Chad Henney throw the ball out wide to Kadarius Tony, who then laterals it back to Travis Kelsey, who then launches it down to who knows their left tackle, like. <laughs> <laughs> 50 yards down the field uh you never know what they're gonna they, while they're doing a merry-go-round as yeah, well i was gonna say like, as long as they throw in a merry-go-round i think that play is solid yeah yeah i mean chad henney you're right he did what he had to do but i mean he only had to throw seven passes for 23 yards only five of them completions on that drive right, so one was I mean, a touchdown yeah no i mean you're absolutely right five of seven for 23 and a touchdown not a not a bad series, but it helps a lot when you've got guys like Isaiah Pacheco and you know Jarrett McKinnon who can get on the ground. I mean, Isaiah was running like he stole something. He was running with some menace behind violent him. Violent runner. It was violent. It I would not have wanted to get in front of him right there. He he looked like he was ready to run through a brick wall that whole game. I mean, it just his I didn't watch enough of him, obviously, before uh the season, but man, watching him now, he he's one of the the meanest downhill runners I've seen in this rookie class. Yeah. Um I, I'm super excited for for him going forward. Clyde Edwards Alaire should be coming back either this game. Uh I'm I'm thinking he'll be back for this game. And if he's not and they advance the Super Bowl, I think he'll definitely be ready for the Super Bowl. So um that'll be just another weapon that they add to that uh, already star-studded roster and running back room specifically. I mean, Jared McKinnon is no slouch. Obviously, he's not um, too too good on the ground, but what he does in the passing game is um, among the best at the uh, the running back position. Um, and then Jacksonville, hey, props to them. They played an absolutely uh, great game. Um, Trevor Lawrence didn't have, you know, the best game of his life, but he, he – Played fine. Zay Jones had a pretty good, pretty big game, if I remember correctly. Christian Kirk, you know, kept doing what he's been doing all year. But uh, Jamal Agnew at the end of the game, Gosh. fumbling the ball on like the five-yard line, wherever he was, that was brutal. They get the ball back immediately, and then Trevor Lawrence threw a pick. Um. That really killed them. They, I mean, they were right there in striking distance, ready to come down and and take kind of back control of the game. But uh, a fumble and then a pick, you know, in three minutes of each other is pretty devastating. Um, I think that this game could have turned out differently had uh, Jamal Agnew not not fumbled that ball right there. But uh, alas, that's that's what happens. And um, the better team did prevail. I think I'm more excited to watch this game uh, with a healthy Patrick Mahomes against Joe Burrow than I would Trevor Lawrence against Joe Burrow. Um, 
But yeah, uh, I think uh, props to the, the Jags for fighting well. They they played pretty good on defense as well. Uh, that that defense really came around second half of the year and played great after we and everybody else had kind of slandered them early in the year. Yeah, no I mean, early that... in the year they kind of deserved it. You know, they they were letting up a, a lot of mm-hmm. large scoring games against them. But yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it didn't feel like they got a whole lot of pressure other than a couple plays here and there on the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, no sacks kind of hurts. But to keep them to 27 points, that offense, you, you've got to tip your cap to them, especially just in the way that they've battled all the second half of the year to even put them in the chance to be in this game. So, I mean, it's it's a exciting look for Jacksonville, and I think we'll see them in a similar spot again coming into maybe the divisional round, maybe a little farther on uh, next season. Another thing that uh... – I saw that was a big positive for the Chiefs was that defensive line was getting a lot of push uh, against the Jags O-line and constantly in the backfield kind of disrupting things, disrupting timing. They hit Trevor Lawrence seven times, sacked him twice. Um, So that's another positive sign for them because that defense has been kind of the weak point of them so far in the downfall in many of their losses. And so uh, going up against another Bengals D-line or O-line that has seen some injuries, seen some struggles. So uh, that'll be another thing I'm looking out for. Also, this game did hit the under, according to Caesars Sportsbook. Oh, yeah. That was, that was the highest over, uh, highest yeah. over under of any um, yeah. of the games this weekend. What I bet, uh, you know, one of my like fantasy, like underdog prize pick slips, I did um, for all those. I, I, I had a lot of the players in that game for their overs simply because I saw the, all the sportsbook hats, books had, um, the highest over under. So I figured, you know, more offense, but it ended up being, was it the lowest? It actually might've been the highest. Game. Was it still somehow the highest? Did they all, I think the unders hit on all of them. Did they not? It was the highest scoring game. 47 from that game, 45, 45 from the Eagles, 37, 37 and then uh, 31, like 31. So <laughs> it really did was the highest. Wow. Um, that, that is surprising. Yeah, so second game on Saturday, Eagles-Giants. Not a very entertaining game to watch, I'll be honest with you. No. Kind of just watched the beginning of it and then kind of checked in on it every so often. So uh, what were your guys' thoughts uh this Giants-Eagles game? Yeah, this this went exactly like I kind of thought it was going to go. Uh, I, I didn't expect the Eagles' defense to shut them down that hard, uh, especially after the way they played the Giants played last week against the Vikings. But, uh, you know, the the ground attack killed them. I mean, they had, you know, Kenneth Gainwell had 112 yards. Miles Sanders had 90. Jalen Hurts had 34 on a kind of still a little bit messed up leg there. Uh, even Boston Scott, who was, for some reason hates the Giants, had uh, 32 rushing yards and another touchdown. So, I mean, they they were getting it going on the ground. Uh the, the whole offense was moving the ball well. Jalen was playing like he wasn't hurt, but uh, you could kind of see it a little bit if you were watching closely, especially late in the third and fourth quarters. He was kind of hobbling a little bit in between plays, so that'll be kind of a little interesting to watch. But, yeah, it was the, the offensive line and the ground attack really crushed the, the Giants right there. That uh, that Boston that Boston Scott stat's pretty crazy. I don't have it in front of me, but I, I saw the one you're talking about where he scores 
he scored like almost half of his career touchdowns against them or something absurd. I don't remember. It's been like five or six straight games against the Giants that he's played in that he scored scored a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. All three of the games this year, he's got one. I know. How old would you think Boston Scott is? I feel like he's been in the league for a long time. He's only like 26 or 27. I feel like. Yeah, my guess was 27. Yeah, he's 27. I thought he was like 31 by this point. (laughs) I feel like he's been in the league forever. Well, it it feels like they've always had a guy who like just fits his silhouette. So you just see that. Yeah, Sproles to Boston Scott. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, they've had that kind of small gadget running back for a long time, but it hasn't always been Boston Scott. Um, For me, I don't have much to say about this game. I was at a bar the whole game. I started watching the game. Uh, and then I saw where it was going, and I stopped watching the game and started listening to the live band that was there and uh, looked back every once in a while and just kept saw the score going up on one side and staying low. or It was zero the whole time. I was paying attention. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was – this is what you expected from the Eagles. They are definitely the favorites um, to to – win that game by a, by a mile. Um, like I said, they were, I don't know how they were only favored by like seven and a half when we looked at it, but um, that was the line and congrats to anyone who bet uh, Philly minus eight or whatever it was. Um, I definitely think that they're one of the four best teams in the uh, national football league. So I think they making it to the NFC championship game is, is where they belong. So congrats to them, Jalen Hurts. You have proven yourself to be a star quarterback in this league. And uh, Nick Sirianni was really on the hot seat after last year. Um, a lot of people forget that he was really looked looked uh, down upon after his uh, season last year as a coach. But he has really, really shown that he can coach a football game. What was that? Was that him? I think there was a video came out of him. He was like a ref was trying to like tell him to like get back or something or like move down the field. And he was like, I know the rules I can be here or whatever. Yeah. It was uh it was pretty late in the game. The Eagles lined up like they were about to go for two uh, to try to draw on all sides to get to the one yard line. And he ran down there to call the timeout right before the, the play clock ran out and the ref was yelling at him to get back the whole time. Yeah. That was, that was a funny audio clip. I love that uh, the NFL releases all these audio clips. Yes. Um, I think that's awesome. I think um, it's it's really insightful to and funny most of the time. It's just funny. Oh yeah, uh, but the ones with Mike McDaniel were great throughout the year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Those are great. Yeah, but this game, I mean, went about exactly as we expected. Uh, the Giants, I mean, great season for them. I don't think anybody really. I think a lot of people expected the Giants to be picking in the top five again this year, even with Brian Dable head coach. Give him a year. Let him kind of work his magic in the offseason, get his guys in there. And get a different quarterback. Different quarterback, yeah. right. Now it looks like Daniel Jones is the guy, even though the Eagles kind of made him look like the Daniel Jones of his first three or four years in the NFL this past weekend. But, I mean, for the season, the dude only threw five picks. That was the third lowest yeah. in the league all year long. So, obviously, Brian Dable knows he's, he's, a, he's a quarterback guru, right? I mean, he, you see what he did with Josh Allen, now he's – making Daniel Jones look like a competent NFL starter. So, I mean, he didn't tear it up through the air, but, I mean, his top 
target even in this game was Richie James. So I mean, get this guy some get this guy some weapons, and uh, you know I know they got Wandale Robinson who was hurt. Um, who's that Lions receiver that's stealing money from him? Kenny Galladay. Yeah, Kenny Galladay. Yeah. I mean, just get him out of there somehow. I don't know what you're gonna do, but just get him off the team. Um, but Isaiah Hodgins looks like a future star, possibly. I mean, he's a very serviceable receiver. And keep Saquon around, let that young offensive line develop a little more, and uh, just continue to add pieces. You know, if Daniel Jones can continue to be, you know, competent and serviceable in this offense, I mean, they can be competing in this spot for many years to come, I think, as long as they keep this core around him and continue to build it up. Uh, I think that the Giants will be, you know, a competitor in the NFC East and uh, in the NFC and potentially see themselves in the playoffs um, for the next few years. But, yeah, Philly looked great. Like I said, didn't watch a ton of the game because it was pretty boring. Uh, But watched all the highlights, checked all the stats, you know. I mean, they dominated. So, uh, hats off to them. Jalen Hurts, I think he's still feeling it a little bit from this injury. Uh, so another week for him to get healthy, rest up, and you know I'll I'm excited to see him play in the uh, NFC Championship. Yeah, speaking, I mean, you you mentioned Saquon Barkley. He's definitely the biggest question for the Giants. Well, him and Daniel Jones really, but I think Daniel Jones is probably going to be there next year. Maybe it's in a quarterback battle, but it'll definitely be there. Um, Saquon Barkley though might not. Um, did you see what he said in his presser after the game about like his, his upcoming free agency and and how much he thinks he should be paid? I did, uh, not. I did not, but I'm going to assume that it is a lot of money. He is. That's what you'd think. He was asked um, something. I'm paraphrasing something along the lines of, "Do you think that your upcoming contract's going to like reset the running back market?" And his uh, response was like, like, listen, I'm a, I'm a realist. I, I just don't think that's realistic. I, you know, was injured for two years and um, I've, you know, been back for a year. So, and I've shown that I can play. So, uh, you know, while I'm expecting to get paid money, I think it's um, unrealistic to, to think about setting, you know, a new precedent for running backs when I, I've missed so much time, something along those lines, which I thought was, a dumb because <laughs> you know obviously you don't want to have that attitude out in the public you want to tell guys like hey if you want me you have to pay me but um that sounds like the attitude of either i want the hell out of here like please someone give me any amount of money to get out of here or i really like it here i will take a pay cut to stay here um I don't know how I'm taking that necessarily, but I, I see it as kind of one, going one of those two ways. I guess we'll hear through the off season if how he's he's um, kind of feeling on that front. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him sign a contract back in New York like quickly to, mm-hmm. to stay there for for you know a reasonable contract. He's obviously you know top ten back in the league. He'll get paid as such, but um, I thought that was interesting. That is yeah. Interesting. I, I don't think it's very indicative either way. I think it's just kind of him, like, not really wanting to comment on it. Like, hey, I deserve all this money. Um, but yeah, I think kind of the Brian Dable hire kind of gave him new hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if it's somebody else in that spot right now, you know, you know, you know it wouldn't be Joe Judge still. But um, even anybody else, you know, I'm not sure 
I think Saquon saw kind of what the plan was year one of the Dable era. And, you know, I think he'll take that in, into consideration. And uh, I don't think the Giants have, you know, a huge payroll. I think they've got some cap room. So uh, they've probably got some money to throw around and they'll give him a fair, you know, value contract. And, you know, I'm not sure. I guess the Rams would be a team that I could see come calling. But, you know, he's from the Northeast, so I could I could definitely see him staying there as well. Yeah, I don't know. You can kind of take what he said either way. Uh, and like you guys said, Austin, it'll it'll be interesting to see what we hear coming out of the offseason. But, I mean, if I'm him, he's not in a bad spot. Uh, definitely the, the obvious feature back there in New York, uh, a quarterback that had his best season so far, and a new head coach that you know is going to focus heavily on using you and getting you involved. I mean, if if he thinks that they're going to go out and get some other weapons, uh, receiving weapons to help him out and kind of take a little bit of the load off but help them win games, I think that he's in a real good spot to continue making some playoff runs. And we've seen the Giants not that long ago uh, be really good in the playoffs. And, you know, with the new head coach that's made the offense as good as it was this year for them compared to what it was last year and the year before, we we might be seeing a, a new Giants team that can come out and be very competitive. So, I don't know. I, I'd like to see what keeps coming out and what he continues to say throughout this offseason. But, I, like you said, I wouldn't be that surprised if he stays in New York and signs a contract here relatively soon. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to – the Cincinnati and Buffalo game, which I mean, that was an interesting game to watch. I watched every minute of that game and was confused the whole time on what the hell the bills were doing because they ran the ball 19 times as a team. Joe Mixon had 20 carries by himself. Obviously, you know, they were playing with the lead and, and Buffalo was playing, you know, from behind, but you're playing in the snow. Um, I mean, Josh Allen only ran the ball eight times and then Devin Singletary had six and, and James Cook had five. You've, you've got to get your guys touches. Um, you know, Josh Allen clearly didn't have it. He threw 42 attempts and only completed 25 of them. Not a single touchdown through a pick. Um, he didn't seem to have any sort of connection with Stefan Diggs. He completed four of ten attempts to Diggs. I feel like in that situation, you've got to get the ground game going, and they sure didn't. Um, the the Bengals looked great, both offensively and defensively. And this is kind of what we were saying: is you know that the Bengals' offensive line struggled, but. Their offensive line was dominant against the the Bills front, who you know is without Von Miller, but it's it's still a pretty good front. You know, Ed Oliver is the big name there. Um, biggest takeaway, I would say, Bills, just what are you doing in general? And then Bengals, Joe Burrow's that dude. And I mean, again, to touch on what Billy mentioned last week, Josh Allen was trying to play hero ball a lot. He was throwing the ball into tight coverages. He was going for, you know, the deep threat every time, just making the target. But on a lot of those plays, he was overthrowing his receivers. 
uh, I was going through, you know, uh, a lot of the games today before we hopped on here. And I saw about four or five passes at different times, a lot of them on third down where he would have an open guy, but he'd just overthrow him. You know, so that that's just something that you don't typically see from a guy whose name gets thrown around as one of the best in the league right now. So something uh, is definitely going on over there in Buffalo. Uh, uh, maybe it does all have to do with Brian Dayball leaving. You know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens next year with the Buffalo Bills. But that was uh, tough to watch. Uh, I thought that the Bills were a much better team than that. But uh, with Josh Allen barely throwing over 50%, you know, 25 of 42, no touchdowns and a pick, uh, you've got to do better than that if you're going to be, you know, talked about as one of those top passers in the league. So, you know, the Bills have a lot of questions, but you're right. The, the Bengals absolutely crushed it. We'd been talking about their offensive line a lot all season uh, between the three of us and how bad it's been, but they were absolutely dominant all game. They were creating some great lanes for Joe Mixon to run through. Joe Burrow looked like he had plenty of time in the pocket. I mean, it, it, it almost looked like the Bengals weren't playing in the snow. Uh, they just played it like a normal game, went out there and did everything right. You got to tip their cap. Your cap to them, they were the better team uh, just from start to finish. Yeah, I didn't think we would see two games in a row where the Bills looked as flat as they did uh, at stretches during the game. You know, like last two weeks ago against Miami, you know, the Bills had a stretch where they were just not getting anything going on offense. And that's what we saw for the majority of this game. I mean, only putting up 10 points. Like, or, yeah, 10 points. But, Austin, like you said, um, trying to get something else going besides just Josh Allen throwing the ball over the field, not connecting with his receivers. Um, the ground game hasn't really been there all year, right? I mean, that's something the Bills have struggled with for since they've been, you know, back to relevancy with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, uh, head coach. They they haven't had a true number one guy in the in the backfield, and I think that's what they're missing is that threat of the run game. And Josh Allen also provides that, but. He's not very efficient when he does run the ball, or at least he wasn't this year. So I think that's two things that need improvement on offense. I also think they could use um, another guy that's more, I don't know, I think I think Gabe Davis is very streaky. I think he's almost like a one-trick pony, kind of just a deep ball guy. And I think they, maybe it's Shakir, um, the rookie, but they need a more another dynamic receiver that can, you know, threaten the defense at all three levels of the secondary. And um, I think those are two things that they really need. And also, I guess, you know, the Brian Dable departure does also factor into this and play a big part in it. Uh, but, yeah, Austin, like you said, Joe Burrow, uh, him and him and Mahomes are top two. And for yeah. me, honestly, right now, could be a coin flip as to who's the best quarterback in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, I think is more talented than Joe Burrow as far as a physical, you know, the the way he can, you know, make plays out of nothing. Uh, I don't think Joe Burrow quite has that yet in his game or just does not have that in his game as much as Pat Mahomes does. But, I mean, dude, he, he's a dog. He's a leader. He's an alpha. And this is kind of what we talked about, about Justin Herbert, at least I did, right? Justin Herbert hasn't displayed that yet really at any point in his career, college or professional, that alpha mentality, Joe Burrow oozes that. 
I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> ever yeah. since his days back at LSU, he has been, you know, that guy. And, uh, you know, you're going to have to tell him otherwise to or stop him to make him think that he is not. And not a lot of people have done that so far. And that's what you need. And especially a team that's got so much talent and a lot of young talent like the Bengals do. So it, it was just a really disappointing showing for me from the Bills. I, I had to listen to this game. I was not able to watch it. I was actually driving. So I was listening to the game. But, I mean, the announcers even sound, you know, bored whenever the Bills had the ball. There just wasn't a lot of explosive plays going on. You know, Stephon Diggs over here yelling at uh, Josh Allen on the sidelines. Eli Apple going at him on Twitter. <laughs> and Did you guys see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, Stephon was tweeting about, you know, you think I should be happy with the outcome because people were criticizing the way he was, you know, yelling at Josh Allen. He was like, you think I should be happy with this outcome? He said, nah. And Eli Apple quote tweeted him and said, Cancun on three. (laughs) And uh, I don't think Eli Apple has like a ton of room to talk. Like he's, he's kind of been, you know, he's he's going to, he's beaten um, Bill's, you know, back-to-back times in the playoffs. So I think, I think he's got room to talk. Obviously, he's yeah. He's they've not, also, I mean, he's not the most consistent no, forward, but no, um, definitely not. Yeah, just I. I mean, I don't know who I'm going to favor either the Bill or the Chiefs or the Bengals. That's going to be a tough one for me. Uh, I thought the Bills were were going to come out, you know, and kind of display what they did early on in the season, and you know, we just didn't see it. We saw more of the same Josh Allen that we saw down the stretch, and. uh that's something that's going to have to be addressed this off season. And um, back to your, to the, the Burrow uh, Mahomes talk. I think the best way I can describe this um, is it, re- it reminds me of the, the Rogers Brady like era of the around 2010, you know, to 2015, like when they were both at their kind of peaks really um, or, where, or, or the Manning Brady rivalry. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, Manning Brady. Well, I don't know. I feel like Mahomes compares a lot more to, to Rogers because just the yeah. arm talent is absurd. Plus the the mobility that doesn't look like it's there, but it just is. And like the the creating plays out of nothing, like that is Aaron Rodgers. That is Patrick Mahomes. And then Burrow, like Brady, is just a winner. Like we'll do absolutely anything it takes. We'll make the the right play you know 99 out of 100 times well when it matters most and uh you know has a really quick release throws the ball on time in the right spot to you know let his guys you know run after the catch and, and all that good stuff and so i think that is kind of the comparison in terms of like when you're looking back through historical comps um it's it's fun to have them both in the same division as you know um uh, uh Rogers was in the NFC his whole career and, and Brady in the AFC his you know his almost entire career until he came to Tampa um, but I'm super excited to see this rivalry kind of develop and I hope that Lamar and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert can vault themselves they've still got time they're all still young um can vault themselves up to the up to this level I mean Josh Allen was there last year he's regressed like massively um you can say a lot of it was due to Brian Dable. I think he had a good part in it, but I think he can get back to there. Lamar has had one of the best seasons we've ever seen out of the quarterback position. He can get back to there. And then um, Herbert's just got to find 
that one thing. I feel like he's just that like one puzzle piece short of being a complete puzzle. Um, and so the AFC is dangerous. And uh, Tom Brady, I saw this earlier today, like right before we started recording, he was seen in Miami. He posted a picture like um, of like the the water and uh, the sun. It was like early morning and the sun was just rising and you could see the sun rising over the water, which meant he was looking like east, which is not in Tampa. I can tell you that because the water mm-hmm. is uh, west. So I think he was on the east coast of Florida in Miami unless he was like on vacation somewhere. But then he was supposedly seen in Miami looking at private schools. So could we see Tom Brady in Miami? Uh, I think part of that might, you know, who knows, who knows where Giselle is now. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Miami. Um, totally agree. Well, I mean, I think they got to be happy what they have there with Tua. I don't think at this point you give that up for a 46 year old Tom Brady. Um, but who knows what Tua's gonna do, man? I yeah, mean, Tua could retire. Three or four yeah. concussions in one year, man. Like four pretty bad concussions. Yeah. Too. At this point, you've already got first round draft money for a quarterback, high first round draft money, plus probably you know whatever his signing bonus was, at least ten mil, plus all the endorsements he has, man. I mean, he's already loaded. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he could retire right now, and obviously he's he could make. Way, way, way more money if he continued to play, but oh yeah, but nobody, like nobody would, would blame him. Either. Yeah, he also seems smart enough to be able to turn that into like exactly. a lot of these players are doing broadcasting. You know, getting up in a booth, getting on some of these you know sports talk shows. You know, he he seems like the kind of person smart enough to be able to do that and do it well. So, yeah, I think know, he, he's got be, a lot of options. I think too would be a good broadcaster. I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he speaks really well. He I think does. he has a soothing voice. Yeah, he does. He's not gonna be the next Gus Johnson, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Tony Romo's kind of getting on my nerves, so I wouldn't see, wouldn't mind seeing a change there. Yeah, but you're right. There, are, there are definitely a lot of question marks about what Tua could do. I mean, you, you hate to see someone so young have to be dealing with that right now, especially so early in his career. But also, he's got to take a long look at you know his potential quality of life long term. So. It'll be kind of interesting to see what him and the Dolphins decide to do. Yeah. And then uh, speaking of, of quarterback changes, let's go ahead and move to the, the Dallas Cowboys game. Um, I think Dak Prescott might have played his last game in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. Um, I think who's more likely to not be a Dallas Cowboy next year? Dak Prescott or Brett Maher? <laughs> Oh, that's. <laughs> uh, well, I think I mean, Maher has a very minimal chance of being there, uh, slim to none. If I had to put some odds on it, uh, but Dak, I mean, you you put so much time and and effort into developing him and and making him your guy there, and still at this point in his career, he's leading the league in interceptions. He's just not making it happen consistently. I mean, he's got two playoff wins, I think, in his career. Yeah, as so, many as Brock Purdy. Yeah, as many as Brock Purdy, whose playoff career started two weeks ago at this yeah. point. So, I mean, it's you've definitely got to think about it at this point. Uh, is it time to move on from Dak Prescott? And honestly, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm probably thinking yes. I mean, this it just had not worked out. The, the, he's had all the pieces around him. I mean, at one point he had Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb at receiver and, you know, He's still got Zeke there. They've got Tony Pollard. Uh, 
and they've got all the pieces in place. They've got a great defense going for them. You know, held the 49ers, which is one of the top offenses, to 19 points in this game. And yet still, you know, they, they lost because they only put up 12 themselves. So it's it's tough. Uh, you hate it for the Cowboys, uh, for some of our friends that are big Cowboys fans, but also this is just kind of what we've come to expect from them over the last couple of years. You know, ever since they had that dominant run, late 80s, early 90s, they just haven't been really the same team. Man, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers traded to to Dallas. Um, but if you've been following the news, the the Green Bay Packers have said they're you know exploring the option of of trading him, but they reportedly will not be doing it with an NFC team. If he's getting traded, it'll be to the AFC. So uh, you know that rules Dallas out. But I think that would have been fun seeing him, seeing Aaron Rodgers and CeeDee Lamb. You know, Mike McCarthy is back there. That would be an interesting uh dynamic again and um i think that would have been been fun but uh you know won't be happening we'll see what they do billy what do you think yeah so dak has two more years left on his current contract he will make 31 million in 2023 and 29 million in 2024 but he does have a potential out after this upcoming year, um, I, I I haven't seen it from Dak. I've been off the Dak train for about three or four years now. I've never really been a huge fan of his. I just don't know where you go, you know, from Dak. I mean, I think at that point you kind of have to blow the whole thing up almost and kind of start over. Uh, Because I don't think Mike McCarthy will be there next year. I think Jerry Jones had a time frame in mind when he hired Mike McCarthy, and I believe that time frame has expired. Um, But, yeah, just moving forward, I just not really sure like what the Cowboys' future will be because the NFC East kind of looks like it runs through Philly for the next foreseeable future. And, you know, wild card spots every year are a tough place to be if you're the, the Dallas Cowboys and expected to compete for championships like they are. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's, – I think it's going to be a long off season for Dallas. And it's going to take a strong look in the mirror to figure out the pieces that they need to replace and the pieces that they can afford to let walk. You know, they got some serious free agents this upcoming year. Leighton Vander Esk, Tony Pollard is a free agent. Um, I know they have one of their O linemen is a free agent. Connor McGovern, I believe his name is. Yeah, Brett Maher, free agent. Um, <laughs> so, you'll be think, free, all right. Yeah, I think yeah. he. Yeah, I think you can let him walk. Uh, do you guys think that blocked kick would have made? Oh, it no shot! <laughs> that was wide left. Yeah, wow. yeah that was a, that was yeah. such a bad kick. I think it was sideways off the foot. Yeah, um, but yeah, as far as the Cowboys' future goes, it's going to be very interesting uh, because I think they're one of the most under pressure franchises in the in the professional sports. Mm-hmm. Them, along with you know the Lakers and the Yankees, I think the expectations are just so high there, and it's going to be tough to figure out a way, kind of out of this hole that they're in. But as far as the Forty ers go, Brock Purdy again, you know. 
did enough to win. He didn't have a great game, but he didn't have a bad game either, and that's kind of what he's been doing. You know, he's been efficient with what he's done. Uh, also, McCaffrey, you know, not a huge game from him, but the he's 49ers with a little bit of an injury, I think. Yeah, his right calf yeah. is a little banged up because I actually had him over his rushing total this past oh, weekend, which was 64. <laughs> Yeah, and it really frustrated me seeing Elijah Mitchell run the entire final fourth quarter when they're trying to run the clock out. Hey, but uh, that's what we talked about last week. Is like Elijah Mitchell is a ridiculous, yeah. like super capable yeah. backup. Oh, no, I'm a, I'm a big time Elijah Mitchell fan. I've been trying to give him a dynasty for a long time now. I tried this year too. Yeah, uh, I think that dynasty owner is a little unresponsive at times. Yeah, but uh, quite. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a great game, 49ers and Philadelphia. The defenses matching up against those offenses, I think maybe the Eagles have a little more of a dynamic offense just because of the quarterback position. Now, if you have a guy like Trey Lance at a quarterback for the 49ers, I think it's a little bit of a different story. But um, it's going to be tight. It's another coin flip for me, so it'll be interesting going forward. Yeah, but going back to kind of talking about Dallas, not only are they fighting for, you know, a second place behind the Eagles, the Giants have also been looking good. You know, if they can continue that, if they add some more pieces on offense, that could be an even tougher road for the Cowboys moving forward. You know, I just don't know how I how I see them consistently getting a wild card spot, even if they're going to play poorly. And, you know, I, I gave the Vikings some flack last week for their final play of the season. I think I've got to give the Cowboys even more flack for their final play. I mean, that was potentially one of the worst calls I've ever seen made in an NFL game. Uh, even potentially worse than that Colts play from a few years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you didn't see it, Ezekiel Elliott was lined up at center, <clears throat> snapped the ball directly to Dak Prescott. I don't. Was there even anybody around Zeke? No, no, he yeah. was just standing there alone. Yeah, Zeke was there alone. Everybody else was spread out. Dak was in the shotgun. Zeke snaps it and gets absolutely blown up immediately. Bulldozed. Yeah, I mean, no no chance at all to do anything there. And then Dak throws it five yards, which was short of the first down marker, and immediately gets his receiver. <laughs> yeah, and immediately gets his receiver blown up as well. So, I mean, I, I don't know what Mike McCarthy was thinking here. I mean, at that point, just run a Hail Mary and give it a try. We've seen that work plenty of times. Uh, so, I, I just – I I can't figure out for the life of me what was going through anybody's head that ran that play. I wonder if that was a Mike McCarthy special or, like, Kellen Moore special. I don't know, I don't know but I think that that's the last play call we see from Mike McCarthy as a head coach for, for a little while. It could be. Um, mentioning Zeke, we have to talk about his cap hit on that team. Uh, you know, Tony Pollard is a free agent. You mentioned they just don't have the money to sign Tony Pollard back. Um, I mean, Zeke is a fifteen million dollar cap hit this year, and no, sorry, sixteen point seven million dollar cap hit this year, and he's twelve million dead cap almost. So that's just an absurd amount of money and it's why you don't pay running backs. Um, it's, it's a, a really like not a good thing 
for the NFL that running backs are so um, dispensable, really, but their shelf life is just the shortest of any position in the NFL, and they are re- extremely replaceable. Um, I mean, Zeke is is not even a top 32 back in the NFL, I don't think. I think you could – I think you legitimately could find – 32 other running backs in the NFL you'd rather have. Obviously, some teams he would be a starter on. Like, he would go start for the Bills right now because they don't have anybody. But then you look at teams like, you know, the 49ers they just played against. I would rather have Elijah Mitchell as my starting running back than Ezekiel Elliott. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Zeke, I think – I mean, I think he has to stay there next year just because the money. We'll see if they, like – lean back on him as RB one. And maybe they, they have a, a rookie out of this draft class kind of as their, their RB two. I don't know who their current RB three was this year uh, behind him. at Bar- Malik Davis rookie out of Florida. Okay. So maybe they rock with him. I, did he get any playing time this year, Billy? Do you know, or was he? Yeah, he did get some playing time. I know he scored at least once, obviously, you know, didn't get a whole lot of burn behind those two. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I just I, whatever that that'll be an interesting another interesting storyline to be looking out for the Cowboys. Um, and then I haven't mentioned anything about the 49ers besides Elijah Mitchell. Um, uh, kind of to harp on what y'all said about Brock Purdy, I think Brock Purdy is super solid. I think he did everything he needed to do in that game and nothing more and nothing less. And I think that's what he'll do next week as they try to beat the Eagles. We'll see if it's enough. He'll definitely have to do more. Um, you know, the bar will be raised. Let's see if he can elevate his game to meet that bar. If McCaffrey's hurt, that's definitely, you know, another weapon that he's down. But I think Elijah Mitchell is reliable up to replacement level for McCaffrey in the the uh, running game, but the pass game, definitely not. Um, I mean, McCaffrey was their leading receiver in terms of like receptions last week, as he has been several times this year. Um, you know, this week they were all short gains. I think he had six catches for 22 yards. So that's definitely, you know, not a big chunk guy. But um, when you need, you know, three yards to, to move the change, he's he's the one of the guys you look for in that offense. So we will we'll see. Um, I, I think it's time to, to move on to the next round and kind of do some predictions. You know, you're ready to do that. I am. Let's talk about these conference championship games. So what game do you want to start first? Do you want to stay in the NFC or move back to the AFC? Let's stay in the NFC for now. All right, yeah, let's, let's stay in the NFC. Um, let's let's stick with San Fran. San Francisco against the Eagles. Um, I just kind of mentioned a few things there. How do you all see that game turning out? Yeah, this is a game that has got my number one defense in the league pitted up against my number one offense so far this year. Uh, So it's going to be really exciting to see how those match up against each other. Uh, I think the storyline from this past week's game was how much pressure the 49ers got on the Cowboys all game long. I mean, almost every time that Dak Prescott dropped back, you heard, and there's pressure again, and there's pressure again. And, you know, that was with Nick Bosa getting double teamed on almost every play. So you got to think they're not just a one-trick pony there with the the rush game. They're not just getting pressure from one main guy. They're getting it from all around. So I think that seeing how the Eagles O-line handles that 
and seeing if they can keep their ground game going as strong as they have all year. That's going to be really one of the biggest points of that game. And it's going to be exciting to watch. I think that this game will probably end up being better than the Super Bowl, honestly. I just think that these two teams are matched up a little bit better than whatever the AFC is going to throw out against either of these offense and defenses, really, that the Eagles and 49ers have. I, I just think that these are – I feel like whoever moves on from the NFC is going to win it at this point this season. Wait, so who is your pick? I'm still going to stick with the Eagles. They're still my favorite to win it. Uh, I want, you know, I, Jalen Hurts. I've liked him for a long time. Uh, you guys know that Miles Sanders has always been one of my guys. Uh, Devontae, the Bama boys, you know, got to gotta get it for them. So, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for the Eagles here. Man, this is such a tough decision. Uh because I think the four, you know, the 49ers, I believe, have the best defense in the league. They've got the best defensive pass rusher in Nick Bosa. They've got the best linebacker in football in Fred Warner. That dude was all over the place. Yeah, I mean, he is he's just, just a, everybody. He's a missile, dude, all over the field. And I really like their DBs, especially uh Talano Funga. Mm-hmm. Safety. He's kind of he kind of lines up all over the place, but he he's a great blitzer. He's good in coverage, um, and he's a ball hawk too. So then you look at what Philly brings on offense, and they have the best O-line in the game. And then, you know, they've got a quarterback that's mobile. And they've got all these weapons on the outside. And, and then offensively, San Fran has all these weapons, and Philly's got a great defense, and they both have good head coaches, even though I do like Kyle Shanahan more than I like Nick Sirianni. The fact that this game is in Philly gives me the slight edge for Philadelphia. I think, you know, we saw kind of what the defense did to Daniel Jones last week. And we just haven't seen Brock Purdy in this type of situation yet. You know, in this extremely hostile environment against a defense that flies around the field that can bring pressure from multiple different angles. Like, I just think it could end up being a little too much for him right now. And mainly because of the home field advantage, I think I'm going to give the edge right now to the Eagles to make it to the Super Bowl. You do have to give Brock Purdy some props, though. I mean, Dallas was getting after him a lot, but he looks really good in the pocket. He seems like he's got a really good sense on when the pressure is coming. Yeah, so he doesn't get he doesn't really get rattled at all. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about Brock Purdy. He look he just looks so calm all the time. Like he's seen this a million times. Yeah, extremely poised for rookie. Yeah. And he's really hard to get down. Um and and sack. I I noticed all year. Um, if you look back at like his his measuring numbers coming out of college, he had an incredibly fast 10 yard split, um, like on his 40 yard dash, which just shows that he's um, got real good start stop and and um, the ability to maneuver the pocket I think is is one of his best assets and when it's when you can uh, avoid you know sacks back there that just gives those weapons he's got more time to get open and wreak havoc um, so yeah I, I really agree with everything you're saying there I think if the game was in San Fran. I think it, it's a completely different story, but I, I've got to like Philly, um, you know, as the home team, we'll see what, what 
uh, Shanahan can cook up. I won't be surprised if they have a few, uh, you know, scoring plays uh, dialed up and, and ready to go. But I don't think Brock Purdy's seen a defense like um, the Eagles until last week in Dallas, and they held him pretty good. They have 19 points. I think if if all he puts up is 19 against the Eagles, it's going to be a loss. I think even that that 49ers defense is is going to give up you know 20 or more to the Eagles. So um, I think, I think I've got to go Eagles here. The line right now that I'm seeing is, is two and a half. Is that what you're saying, Billy? Yes. Right now I see it as Philly two and a half. Okay. Yeah. So I definitely like that line. Um, I think I'll have to take Philly minus the two and a half again. So uh, I was, I was four for four last week on, on all my, my bets. I'll see if I can, continue the the streak this week i'm gonna take philly minus two and a half but i don't feel great about it i just feel like that's going to be a very close game yeah do you like philly money line or by two and a half i like philly money line i just yeah. uh, th- those close games like this they could be i mean one point difference at the end of it just a two-point conversion late could change everything so I think I like right now Philly minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. It's gonna move. I think. Yeah, it definitely will. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I would do at Philly minus three. That'd be yeah, tough. Yeah, I don't know about them. three and a half. I definitely would not. I would take money line Philly money line at three and a half. Three would would yeah. be the the one where I might not bet it at all, or just you know go back to money line. We'll see. Um. The uh, McCaffrey injury, I think that'll get clear cleared up by the end of the week, and we'll we'll see what reports are are on him. I think that could move the line as well. Yeah, I think he'll probably be back to full, full yeah. health. But I mean, you never know with these little nagging muscle injuries, especially with Christian McCaffrey. He's been known yeah. to be out for a yep. long time. He has. Um, and then another injury that we're waiting to clear up uh, over in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes, um, Cincinnati's favored minus one. I'm seeing for Cincinnati. Uh, are you, is that what you're saying too, Bill? I see Cincinnati minus one and a half. Interesting. Okay, so uh, you know we'll go with what you're saying. I think yours are a little more updated. Um, that one's tough. I, I don't know. What What do you guys think before I go? You know, it again, like we were talking last week, it's going to come down to the Bengals' offensive line. If it, are they going to get that same push they get it did against the Bills? Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. You know, if, if they're creating the space for Joe Burrow to work in the pocket and make the smart play, give him the time, then I, I like that, you know, minus one and a half for the Bengals. But uh, it's just so tough because both these teams have so much offensive capability. I think I am going to have to go with the Bengals. Uh, I, I didn't have the Chiefs making it out of this round. Uh, I was incorrect picking the Bills to move on from this game. But, gosh, the Bengals, the way they came out last week against the Bills, if they come out again like that, especially with maybe Pat Mahomes not being at 100%, I think that they've got a, a great opportunity to win this game and go back to their you know second Super Bowl in two years. And, you know, it's going to be a, a tough one for the Chiefs. It's probably going to be their biggest test yet. And Joe Burrow has owned the Chiefs so far in his career. So it, it'll be interesting to watch. But uh, 
this is going to come down to that offensive line yet again, and that's where they're going to have to set the tone. Uh, and you know the the Bengals, I think, are going to have to squeak one out here. Joe Burrow has owned the Chiefs in his young career. With the Patrick Mahomes injury, this becomes a lot more questionable than it would be. Uh, I just don't know if I can, <laughs> just with what the Bengals have done, man, I just don't know if I can go against the Bengals at this point. I know towards the beginning of the playoffs, I was leaning more Chiefs. Uh, but just seeing kind of how this team has stepped up in areas where they've been a little more weak has impressed me. And Joe Burrow, like we said, just that dude, man. And I think he'll get it done. And I think Patrick Mahomes will be a little limited. And these edge rushers for Cincinnati are no joke. Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, those guys are no joke. And as long as the Bengals can keep Joe Barrow relatively clean, they're going to have to deal with Chris Jones, Frank Clark, George Karloftis, Carlos Dunlap, and three really fast linebackers. I mean, that's going to be a tough task as well. They're going to have to get the ground game going. Joe Mixon's going to have to be productive. Uh, but I just think I'm just I'm just liking what the Bengals are doing right now, man. And uh, I think this is a very big matchup as far as legacy-wise for both of these quarterbacks. If Joe Burrow can start his career 4-0 and against Patrick Mahomes, I mean, that's going to be something we'll talk about for a long time. And uh, right now, I just think I like Cincinnati a little more than I like Kansas City. Okay, I, we're all in accordance there. Cincinnati was my pick um, to, to win the Super Bowl. I had... Uh, Bengals Eagles um my before the the our pre playoff show uh, that's who I picked and I'm gonna, I'm gonna rock with it still I think as you said it would be a lot more questionable if Mahomes was healthy and I don't want that to like loom because people are gonna dangle that in front of Joe Burrow after they if they win uh they're gonna say oh well you know Mahomes wasn't healthy but um, I, I think I have the Bengals moving on either way. I just think that it would be a re- way closer, you know, game if if Mahomes was healthy. I like the one and a half, uh, for for Cincinnati. I think I would go as high as thirty points, similar to the the game on the other half of the bracket. I think it's a similar matchup, except. The, the Bengals are on the road, and so they're they're road favorites by one and a half, which is uh, impressive. It's it's not often you see uh, road favorites in the playoffs. Um, I like what they do on on every level of the field, on both offense and defense. So we all on we're all on Eagles Bengals. Yeah, I think so. we are, and that was that was the the pod pick. If you remember back to the beginning, our. Yeah, Our consensus was Eagles Bengals with Eagles over Bengals. Um, even though none of us had it that way, I had I was the only one who individually picked Eagles Bengals, but um, the way we averaged it out came out to that. So I like I like this. I think we're all right. This is a pretty successful playoff run as long as that hits. So uh, yeah. I'll be rooting for those teams. 
not not counting who I think is going to win, who I want to win. And the NFC is definitely the Eagles. AFC, I'm a little more um, wishy-washy. The, the Bengals and the Chiefs are both teams that I've enjoyed watching since I, you know, kind of started football. Since I got into fantasy, I've cared more or less and less about teams and more and more about just like players and guys I like. And so when I look at these matchups, um, it's all guys I like. You know, gotta love Brock Purdy at quarterback. Gotta love Jalen Hurts. Um, I guess you don't have to love Jalen Hurts, but I do. Um, and then I think a lot of people hate Patrick Mahomes for no reason. Same way they hate Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for no reason. But uh, then, you know, Joe Burrow is probably just the most likable guy. <laughs> that dude just I hate, I hate that swag. Joe Burrow went to LSU. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, LSU. LSU. That's it. Hate LSU. With a passion. <laughs> and, uh, I'll hate LSU. It's hard to not say that that was possibly the greatest college football team ever assembled. Yeah. I mean, that's right there yeah, with like the 08, 09 Florida team and uh, the USC teams back in the day, the Miami teams back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Some so, old Texas teams. Tejas. Yeah. Um, but next week is the pro bowl. We will not be discussing about the pro bowl at length. <laughs> We'll be talking about other things. Um, NFL, or sorry, MLB Hall of Fame voting is going on tonight, actually. So we'll catch up with that next week, as well as, you know, coaching carousel we'll probably hit on next week, as well as some other fun free agent stuff. So next week's going to be a fun episode. It's not going to be as heavy hitting, you know, talking about games. It'll be a kind of back to what it was pre-NFL playoffs here, where we're just kind of talking about whatever we kind of feel like talking about. So um, and then that, and then next week will be big, heavy Super Bowl talk, uh, and then uh, off season. And uh, we're all getting ready. game is also coming up as well. That's true. But uh, I was going to mention we're getting ready to start our uh, grading for uh, the upcoming NFL prospects. We've got a we just kind of ironed out our system of how we're going to do that, and so we'll all be on the same age using the same grading format. So we'll be able to compare and contrast notes and grades on players. So. Um, that'll be fun if you're into NFL prospects. Definitely listen in over the offseason. We're going to be doing a bunch of that. Um, is there anything else you want to you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, I'm good. I'm all right. All right. Well, I think I think that pretty much wraps it up. Then uh, go check out Phantom Sports Industries. Go check out our Twitter at Tricky Takes. Same way as the. The podcast is spelled. And uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hope you all all have a good week. And we'll catch you next one.